Again, a little um, inside baseball for anyone who's started listening, uh, which is hopefully a lot of people, just an absolute shambles behind the scene. Robbers, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how we ever get anywhere. We've done how many podcast episodes now? This is episode forty, and they're just getting worse in time in terms of the technical behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. We haven't improved any apart from the audio quality. Um, we haven't improved any. It's just got progressively worse, hasn't it? And no one sees it. All they do, it just appears in their podcast app, and they listen to it. They hopefully enjoy it, um, but they don't see the struggle behind the scenes, do they? I mean, I guess the yeah. From the first episode to now, the audio quality's got better because we've thrown a load of money at it. But yeah, the problem now is is us. It is us. It's definitely <laughs> us, and it's worse today because we've got a guest, and we haven't really put ourselves in the best possible light, have we? We've made it worse. Um, hi, Louise. Hi. So, for those who don't know, Louise is a fellow Discord member. Still, never know how to refer to. As all on Discord, Discorders, Discord people, Discord members. No idea. Um, but yeah, welcome on board, Louise. How, how are you doing? Thanks. Great. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to talk about someone else, really, rather than, rather than <laughs> myself. It's, we can dig into to someone else's uh, stuff that we've got going on. So, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, who are you, Louise? Give us, the, give us your, um, your 10, 20, whatever they say. <laughs> Sure. So I'm a right? web developer. Yeah, yeah, 2020. Not a it's phrase I've heard in, in ages, but that that is the right thing. So yeah, Good. I'm a web developer, uh, like quite a few people on the Discord, actually, which is super cool. Uh, I'm also a demonstrator at a local university, kind of like a TA. So I help students out with their coursework, web development, games development, JavaScript, programming, small board computers, range of things. And I develop mobile web apps, websites, all that sort of stuff. Do you have any time to yourself? Well, yes. <laughs> That's convincing Rob to buy mechanical keyboards. <laughs> yeah, you do make a lot, people spend a lot of money on that Discord server. Yeah. And I love the new icon drop. They're so good. It makes wi- oh. it makes winning these categories and and spend others' money challenge so worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it costs. You know, well, I told we had a chat about it, didn't I? I, I yeah. It, it costs actual money to put those on the uh, on the Discord. Have you seen those, Mark? No, I've not yet. No, I've not caught up. What, what so I for all the people that won the spend spend other people's money challenge and for those who aren't on the discord where every sort of big shopping event we we and this, this was started by andy admin andy he was he kept a tally of who talked who into buying what and how much they spent and then drew up a leaderboard and it's just sort of become a tradition now well i say it's become a tradition it's it we've done it twice and the second time only because louise decided that she was going to take it on because that andy is busy these days but um yeah the winners so to speak or losers depending on how you look <laughs> at it uh now have little icons by their uh by their uh, names but yeah I had, I had to pay discord actual money to do that which you've I invested in the upsetting. discord server rob you should have told me this that's that's a that's a business expense for me is it <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah make sure you tell me because i miss all this stuff because I, I can't keep up with the server <laughs> it's just so busy I have to reimburse you. So you know, so we've got we've got two new badges. You've got easily led and bad influence. 
nice. I love so it. Those who part, <laughs> those who participated in the game have now got a new badge. Nice. It's you're you're a bad influence though, Louise. Totally, totally. But uh, so some users managed to avoid the channel and avoid it this time. Uh, but quite a few people did did end up buying stuff. I think it was about ten purchases. I convinced people. I think at the the end of it, uh, mostly it was mechanical keyboards. Okay. Which I think, Rob, I think if I convinced the most amount of money in one purchase, I think that was probably Rob. But I was always going to get you with that one, Rob. You you you, tr- you tried not to buy it, but I knew you were always going to in the end. Yeah, I've been trying not to buy that all year. Do you know what we're talking about, Mark? <laughs> Is this the the mode mode eighty? Mode eighty. I've uh, I've caved. So we talked about it previously. So you know, oh, I can't remember how it came about, but but I think it was earlier in the year when we were looking. I, I was sort of looking at just dipping my toe in the mechanical keyboard world. And I think I ended up getting a, where is it? Oh, I got like a Keychron K something or other. Um, but in the process of doing that, I remembered a keyboard that I had when I was 10. I have very fond memories of sitting on my dad's knee playing Prince of Persia on, a, on an 8086. Um, and then I found out that that's just bizarrely a really rare, really sought-after keyboard, which obviously just got thrown in a skip decades ago. But, um, yeah, if you want one of those now, it's like £2,000. It's a real collector's item. But anyway, it's got a very particular look. And so uh, I, what I wanted to do was sort of create a modern reimagining of that. So, you know, 10 keyless, a sort of a more modern colour palette, but along the same with a similar vibe and then i stumbled across this mode 80 which is just a beautiful thing but at the time it was about 600 quid or something ludicrous and then over time they sort of reduced the price and then on black friday they reduced it even further and reduced the shipping which was a huge um you know, part of the reason why i hadn't bought one before so i mean it still cost an absurd amount of money but it has arrived I've got it here. So I mean I haven't I haven't sold it in the switches or anything. So this is just a mock-up. I'll hold it up. So you see the the, the keys are just nice. sort of flopping about in there. Hmm. But it is it is a lovely thing. We're talking sort of, you know, Apple level machining and, and quality, and it weighs a ton. I bet it so, does. So yeah. At some point I need to uh get the soldering iron out. But look at that. That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Very That's nice. proper GMK, isn't it? Oh, so yeah. So the keycaps, the keycaps are GMK Shoko, and they're like 150 quid's worth of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> how how like much the was the? <laughs> how much was the total package? So um, the keyboard. Oh, I'm, I bought a case as well. It's got like a nice case with a mode. What's it? It's really nice. Yeah, you know, sort of pleather, nice. pleather case. It's all like custom fitted exactly, uh, and it's got like Velcro straps to stop it from bouncing around in there. But I think it's like three hundred and eighty quid. 
380 quid for the keyboard, which is still a ludicrous amount of money for a keyboard, but it's better than 600 quid or whatever it was when it first came out. Total bargain. See, a lot of people listening to this may not get the whole keyboard thing at all. I know that I, I didn't for a long time. I, I do. I really like mechanical keyboards, but I'm not. I'm not a proper enthusiast, really. But for, you know, for the people that, cause obviously, Louise, you've convinced a lot of people to spend a lot of money on these. Yeah. What, what would you say to someone who doesn't really get the whole mechanical th- keyboard thing? I, I understand why people look at this and think, "Why would you spend yeah. 300 quid or 400 quid or 600 quid on a on a keyboard that, look, that looks like it was made in 1987?" Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I was, I'm was, i still relatively new and actually not as far deep in as Rob, mainly because I can't solder. So I, I'm limited to ones where you can hot swap and you can basically, you just push the switches in rather than having to getting out a soldering iron. But I would just say it's all about the feel. So the main reason about a mechanical keyboard is they come with switches which is why they're sort of heavier, bigger, and cost more money than normal, mem- what are called membrane keyboards. Because each individual key has a switch underneath it. You can really customise the feel, and there's tonnes of different types of switches. But mainly you call linear, tactile, and clicky. So you get ones that are sort of really easy to actuate, so like key press. Gamers tend to like that. Uh, tactile, where you get lots of feels and you get a lot of, good feel when you're pressing down the keys often like a bump which is really great for typists and if you're like me uh clicky keyboards which are obviously the best uh, and you get like a really nice sound so if you like hear like old school typewriters there's a lot of what keyboards that will sound like that with the clicky switches mm-hmm. and with clicky ones you get the most tactile feel and the noise and part of it's also the customization. So, for example, Rob found one that looked like a keyboard that he had from his childhood. You get all sorts of keypaps, which are like just the sort of keys, and you can customize. You get ones that are backlit, and you can have RGB, and you can have all sorts of RGB effects. Uh, yeah. I have one that's basically. I have one that's like a gradient keycap set. So each row is a different color and I have like blue and orange and red and it comes in a sort of blue case that I got 3D printed with a guy in Cornwall and I have like what's called an artisan keycap. So usually they have funky designs so they might have like a Mario blocks with one of them. I have one which's called Shine Through. So basically mine's like a kind of like a, a specter and a gas mask and my RGB backlighting will go through the eyes so the eyes will light up whatever colour my keyboard lights up. It's just nuts, isn't it? It's um, <laughs> yeah. They're just keyboards, aren't they? It's just an input device, but I get it. I do understand it. I'd never go to that length, I don't think. Um, partly because I think if I did, I'd end up, I would end up spending so much money. I think yeah. that's, that's the problem. There are people um, that go to crazy lengths and you get ones that are made of like aluminium you get ones that are made of wood some people yeah. go for the wrist rest uh often paired with a desk mat uh one of the ones that i have on my keyboard on my desk right now is from a group buy that's common with keyboards because they're so rare and it's it's sort of a, a niche hobby that a lot of people will club together to buy the same thing to order to bring the price down and make it viable the cost to actually manufacture so yeah. that's how we usually get a lot of new keyboards and new keycaps and that's how we get new stuff 
or discounts on existing stuff. So I got one from Mass Drop, well, now called Drop, uh, based on the Astrolo Keys keycap design. So I didn't get the keycaps because they're really expensive. And But I got the awesome desk mat, which I love. Nice. And it's, like most desk mats, huge. <laughs> See, I've gone as far as just enjoying the, like you say, the feel of it and the, the noise and stuff. And I love Iquinix keyboards and the one that i'm using at the minute which is on the production desk which i can never remember which brand it is someone sent me it ages ago and i've completely forgotten what it was who it was um that's i've really enjoyed using that one but um i've got no idea what keys what switches are in it what what anything about them <laughs> what it's made of i just know it, it feels nice to type on really is it um, clicky though I, it's not clicky no in fact i don't have i don't think i've got any that are clicky I'm trying to think. I don't know tactile I know. I've used those keyboards before, but I've not got any. I don't think I've got one, which is weird because I've got about 13 keyboards in there, but wow. none of them have got the um, the clicky switches. So, well, I'll, yeah. I'll, well, well. I'll, I'll be putting linears in this one because I, I actually want it. I want it to feel like a rubber dome keyboard because that's what the original yeah. one on which this build is based. So yeah, it was a cherry. I mean, it, underneath it all, it was a it was a cherry something or other. But um, yeah, that one it was it was rubber rubber dome. So I actually I I spent all this money on fancy keycaps and uh, an absurdly well machined aluminium chassis, and then I'm going to put horrible spongy switches in it, which is just really going to upset people. This is why you need to start a YouTube channel, Rob, and show yourself doing that because the, the amount of engagement you'll get from trolls and the, the keyboard crew would I'd, be I'd get cancelled. You would. <laughs> Immediately. You have, you have a very short-lived but very prolific <laughs> YouTube career. <laughs> um, talking of content and stuff, um, you've got a Medium blog as well, haven't you, Louise? You, you started writing Yeah, yeah. Uh, publicly. Well, part of that was based on your your ebook. I mean, I'd been writing before for a, a tech publication, and sort of a couple of years last year a couple of years ago and but with getting involved like university and my studies uh, I sort of not found the time to sort of do it recently and a sort of hiatus so the ebook that you generously gave free for Patreon members that I read I was reading all the member content I thought well I've been saying for weeks that I'm deaf I've got to do it I've read the ebook and I've got to do it and I did actually get down I wrote an article on Medium and I got started on Medium and I really liked it. So I've made a few, done a few articles. Uh, one of them did really well and got a good response. I can't really tell you much more about that, but once it's ready, a sort of brand collaboration that my, my one of my articles I've written is going to be posted on a website somewhere. Uh, nice. I'll give you a hint. It's a brand that you work with and you affiliate a lot. So that'll probably give you okay. a couple of hints. But uh, that's all I'll, I'll say on that. But that was, turned out really good. And I recently moved some of my older writing across and linked to it from my website. So now I have a, nice. a single source of truth for my article writing, which is better than it being hodgepodge over like four different sites. Yeah, definitely. Are you doing the same thing that I do in terms of um, just basically syndicating the same article to to Medium from your blog, from your own blog? Yeah, so kind of, but I've I've not had the time to sort of start 
move my blog to my website. So right now my website, I've just linked to Medium to my blog. And okay. yeah, I have the, like, some of my older content, I do the same thing with the canonical link to where it was originally posted and then post it on Medium. Yep. So right now my Medium is a single source of truth, but I'll probably eventually move the blog post to my blog as well. It's amazing when you get a bit of traction, though, on Medium, isn't it? And, and it, like you've experienced, it can happen quite quickly. Yeah. I mean, still but, early early days in that, and I haven't built up a sort of super consistent posting. But what yeah. I've done, some of it, when I do like a Medium publication, that I was surprised at how well that did, considering it was like my first Medium publication submission. And getting yeah, that sort of blank public- collaboration... That's massive, yeah. I mean, the publications make a huge difference. I was, this is all leading down the road to asking Rob where what's happened to his medium career. Yeah. Oh, I knew was, that was one, was there one post we had, or was there more than one? Have I missed any? I don't know. Did I even write one? Yeah, I think you yeah, did. Yeah, you, you did you... write one, which is about you not writing. So, <laughs> and your yeah, journey but... to starting, not starting a medium blog. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's... It's still on. It's still it's still on the to do list because I do I do enjoy I do enjoy because if it, my my blog is effectively the Discord server because I do, yeah, I exactly. do write a lot of I do write a lot of words on there. And, you just need uh, to cross cross post it, Rob. Like Mark says, make your content work for you and repurpose re- it. Repurpose the content. <laughs> just start all of my conversations on Discord as a blog post. <laughs> Why not? So, yeah, no, it's very much on the to do list. So the trouble is, is I've I read your book and I read. Um, Justin's book, Justin Cox of the Writing Cooperative, both brilliant books, and I've forgotten all of it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll need to uh, need to go back and, and go through it again and actually do the exercises this time because you know both books have have you know sort of ec- they give you homework, you've got jobs to do. You know. It is time though. I mean, you two have got both. You've both got proper normal jobs. I just faff around on the internet so it's, it's what i do whereas you've got to fit this writing in alongside doing normal proper work so in fairness it's easier for me to do it it's amazing louise that you're managing to write as well as do everything you listed earlier on because i don't know where you find the time well yeah so usually well like well, university works part-time so i have certain days off that help and there's a thing called a weekend that also helps that's true and that's very true yeah, so like I say, I'm not super consistent, so that's probably something I need to work on. But yeah, I just sort of, when I feel like it, <laughs> I usually when I want to learn a new technology or something that's interests me and I think, well, I've always wanted to learn how to do this or investigate this. And I think, yeah. well, I'll investigate it and then write about it. Because one of my things that I really like about how I write is, I learn the new thing and then write about it as I'm learning it. So I get that fresh experience. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. The thing is, you'll find so many people who want to know what whatever it is that you're learning. If you're exactly. learning it, thousands of other people are doing the same thing. So, But not everyone will do what you're you're doing in terms of documenting it. So, um, Something else you've done, you've built a, a community. I've, I've, I've seen these messages kind of flying around on Discord, but um, you've built a, a community bot for... For Discord, haven't you? For YouTube, yeah. What's that all about? So basically, that was from one of the members of the Discord server, one of your recent new members from when you plugged it in the newsletter. Said about because you do all these polls, you do these Twitter polls and YouTube polls, and uh, could I write a bot that would post these polls in 
the Discord server because you have a channel for those not in the Discord server that's called Mark's latest content and he literally posts all of these blog articles and his YouTube videos and that's just basically whenever he's done something that's of interest we hear about it and then we're linked and it's and just a great way of us keeping up to date on what's happening so it's where i'm most active on the discord server yeah, just spamming you up with my own yeah, content basically but with because of youtube communities i say relatively new i think it's been about, about a year but it's still relatively new in terms of its features and it's quite slow youtube to do stuff mm. the the notification you can only access youtube community on certain devices so apple devices yeah. you can't you just see oh it's coming soon so you have to go into the web version on safari to see the youtube community posts uh, and you're doing quite well on that you do you do post updates and polls and images on sort of usually sneak previews or polls of what to do next or what people are interested in and while there are notifications youtube themselves say that it's inconsistent and you may not always be notified of every post which I think, well, then why have notifications if you're not going to be notified? Yeah. So anyway, uh, someone on the Discord said, well, could I write a Discord bot? Because I'd written Discord bots before and I sort of posted them in member content and that type of thing. So I thought, well, yeah, I'll have a look. And the YouTube API, which is like a sort of way of programmers to integrate with websites and access data, uh, they didn't have anything on it but some guy had written a third-party API really to sort of work when the YouTube API goes down. But it also had this community features and you could access stuff about YouTube community posts. So I built a bot and I wrote a bit of code using discord.js, which is awesome for writing Discord bots. And I accessed the content and I got the community posts. And then I did a bit of Discord formatting to get the polls and the images and the text and format them in a way, because you've got to differentiate between a poll and an image and a text to what you do with that data and put them in a nice sort of embed and we'll post them. So basically what the bot does is every hour or whatever interval I set, it will scan the your YouTube channel and it will get the ID. I store the ID, post ID of the latest post that it scanned for and stores it. And if there's a post that's newer, it will then scan the API and check which post ID with the last one was to get the position. And then it will get all those that are newer and then it will just run through my code to post and it will be able to tell what kind of post type it is get the data and format it accordingly and post in a Discord server channel of my choice. So what you're saying is I've got to carry on doing my community posts, otherwise you've wasted all of that time. If I just stopped yeah. doing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so smart, though. That's Thanks. super smart, though, Louise. Yeah, thank you. Because, um, in fact, and, and, and joking apart, that community um, side of YouTube is so under... Especially yeah. putting this, it's, it's so under-promoted and develop, developed by YouTube, yet it's one of the, probably the most important tool you have as a YouTuber. The Definitely. number of videos that I've made as a result of polls that I've run on there and just posting certain content, like, you know, check out the, this photo of this you know, phone or whatever, and gauging the reaction from it. And still, the, the, funny enough, the, the, the highest-performing community post I've had was when Harrison was born. And so generally speaking, <laughs> yeah. um, most of my posts, if, if, if a post on there gets, let's say, 
150 likes. That's a really well high performing post on there. To date, I think his has had over a thousand likes or something and about 50 comments or whatever. Um, so he's beat me completely. I'm a six <laughs> months old son's just smashed me on YouTube. But, um, you. but no, possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah, but basically, it, it's such a useful part of, of YouTube. Um, and the fact you've had to go through all that kind of rigmarole to get that bot working reveals how little YouTuber yeah. bothering with it, really. Yeah, it's a real like shame. no official API. You can't access the community posts unless you use yeah. this third-party API. And YouTube themselves have said, you know, we don't have that data currently. And it's just, why? Because it, And it does work well. I mean, I'd never heard of it until you'd, men- you'd mentioned you'd posted them. And then I went back through saying, oh, you get, I mean, you get traction from it. And it's just like... But even at... Even accessing it as a creator is quite tricky. Is is you, have to have, you have to bookmark it, basically. <laughs> um, yet the reason people engage with it, because it really surprised me how many people engage with these posts, and it kind of reveals how people use YouTube. They go, they go on the YouTube app on their phone, and all they do is scroll through their home feed, and that's where you see those community posts alongside the normal videos. Um, but as a, as a creator, you have to go into your channel, then go into the community tab, and then and there's no real way of doing it on the phone. It's even harder on the, on the app. What we got? What's next on the list, Rob? Because I noticed that you again. You've done a stellar job with the the outline for today's show. It's uh, all your adventures. You're all over the place. You just keep going into London, Manchester. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. I mean, it's always, it's always crazy. I think I always, I always say that, don't I? But it has been particularly crazy recently. Um, and there's no getting around the fact that the last three things I've done have been jollies, really. Hundred yeah. percent. I don't. Had I been to the Sony thing before last? The last podcast. Did I talk about it. Then? No, I think you told us you were doing it, and then so yeah. So what? What was? Okay. Yes, yeah, so you got the Sony gig. You got the Google Feetballs, and then you got the Huawei event. So yeah, tell us about those. It wasn't Huawei. It was um, Hisense. Did I say yeah, um, Hisense? Sorry, not Huawei. It's fine. Same difference. Um, uh, yeah. So well, the Sony. So yeah, like I say, that all three of these events are what you'd call you know out of office jollies really um there's, there's a there's some there's some networking stuff involved but when it comes down to it it's being invited into a room and given loads of free beer basically um but the sony one was really weird because it was a it was a gig basically and it was held at one of sony's um kind of internal companies which deals with a lot of um artist relations and you know um video production and stuff based in london um and they put this thing on uh, which was based around the the link buds s you know the, the new link buds um and a blue version of them which have got some kind of um you know something to do with saving the planet you know there's some kind of thing going on there um so it was loosely based around those um but they had three artists so they had um tom grannon who i know uh cat burns who i'd never heard of but was very good um and rudimental who i do know um it was these, these three acts basically um and uh, held at these offices, and there was quite a few people there. I mean, it wasn't a huge venue, but there must have been five, four, four or five hundred people there, possibly, maybe that sort of number. Um, and it's one of those things where you go, you go there, and you kind of entertained, and they put these guys on stage, and um, you give them food and drink and everything. It's so much drink, you know, you could get so drunk at these things. I didn't, but if, if you were that sort of person, you could really, really go for it. Um, and uh but yeah it finished and i left and just thought 
what was the point of that? It's lovely to be invited. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I didn't, and I don't know if it, it might just be me. May, I, I'm not that, I'm probably not the sort of person who works in the entertainment industry who can walk into a room and start talking to all these people who look like they, they're far too cool for me really to, you know, kind of probably live in Soho and, um, nothing against those people at all, but it's just not my crowd really. Um, I don't know how to, you know, inject myself into that industry. Um, so maybe it's down to me. I don't know. Um, Plus, I went on my own, so I didn't really have anyone to kind of team up with and kind of go in and, and do whatever. I did speak to the uh, the PR company. Uh, I had a good chat with those, which was that was worthwhile because they're, they're the people who connect me with Sony and they they get me products and things. So that that was worth worth doing. But you do wonder who these events are for. I don't know if it's for the artists or if it's for for, for people like me. And the thing is, you don't know who else is in that room. There are a lot of people in there, like I say. So there might have been some very important people in there who are looking for to, to, you know, to strike at brand deals with these artists or something. No idea. It's just a, it's really in, it's really interesting, fascinating part of this this job. So that was Sony. And then the other two have just been basically going to watch the football um, on a big screen. Uh, the first one was at Box Park in Wembley. Have you both heard of that place? So, but, and Rob's nodding. Uh, Louise is shaking her head. But basically, if you if you ever see the uh, the clips on TV where they they cut you know, England score and then they cut to Manchester and London and it, these massive rooms that look like concert halls with people just chucking beer in the air um, when the team scores, it's that it's that place in in Wembley. And whoever had this idea was a genius because it they must make money hand over fist. It's it's huge. It's like it's literally like a like a gig venue, but with just a massive screen, little screens everywhere. And this great big area for people to pile in, spend loads of money on booze, and uh, watch the football. And the one that I went to was was put on by Google Pixel, and they'd sponsored the entire the entire room. And they had a VIP area at the top, which is the bit that I was invited into. Um, I could take a plus one with me. I took my, my brother in law, uh, who had had a, had a wonderful time. And uh, again, free drink, free pizzas, um, no expense spared at all. And it was great. Um, terrible game of football. It was the USA game, if anyone's interested. Utter, total waste of time. Uh, no beer in the air at all. Um, uh, interestingly, all the staff wear ponchos, and they have ponchos over the till hardware and stuff, just in case the beer erupts, which I thought was interesting. So there's that great, one, great and then photos. last night I've just got... Yeah. Oh, what's that, sorry? Great photo opportunities. Huge, Yeah. Big time. And funny enough, they had, I noticed they had um, Pixel 7 Pros on wires going across the crowd. So there was this little um, Pixel phone flying across the top of the audience like that, going backwards and forwards, asking to be knocked out by something. It wasn't, funny enough, but... um, So yeah, so there's that one. And then I've literally just got back from London uh, from last night, which was the um, Huawei slash Hisense... (laughs) was high sense the high sense um showing of the the wales v england game which we did win thankfully it was a much better game of football uh, and that that was a much smaller thing much smaller room but again free drink free drink for free food um probably about 150 people at that one i think and uh yeah that, that's what i've been doing over the last two weeks i'm knackered <laughs> basically but i can't complain because it's it's all good fun um, and oh yeah, and tomorrow I'm off to Manchester. I've got a, I'm on a journalism <laughs> panel. You know when you, like things happen in your life, you think, "What? What am I doing now?" And I can't quite remember how this came about, so don't don't ask me. I, think, I, I had a conversation with this guy about six months ago, um, lovely bloke, and he, I, from memory, he got in touch and said, 
we know you're not a journalist, but we were running a, um, a series of events around the country for freelance uh, writers and journalists. We'd love to have you on a panel. I was like, okay, <laughs> if, if you must, if you, if you trust me enough for that. And um, it all went quiet. And then it came back about two or three weeks ago as being confirmed. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm on a, a panel with two other people to talk about freelance journalism in 2022, um, which I'm, I'm tied to very, very loosely. <laughs> being a writer on medium well i mean well, you don't like you don't like the term influencer do you so why no, not journalist that's that's sort of <laughs> I don't, prestige isn't it that sounds yeah i, I don't dislike the term journalist at all yeah i don't i don't dislike it at all i, I like that I, I wanted to be a journalist actually when i was a, a kid um but i was put off by people who told me that it's just there's no money in it whatsoever um but I, I suppose what i do to a degree is journalism because i'm yeah. reporting on things and you know, it's, it's it's a new. I think the reason they want me there is because it's a new form of journalism. I, I get the impression they're quite in, interested in medium. I think medium is quite a key thing with this. Going back to what, what we were talking about earlier with you, Louise, um, I think I can probably bring something to the table with that. Hopefully, but um, yeah, that's tomorrow in Manchester, so that's going to be an interesting trip up north, which I'm looking forward to. Well, it's all going on. Not not north, north, north. I mean, there, there's north. Not as far north as you. No. Yeah, yeah. There, there's north, and there, there's north England, and there's. Scotland, which is North North. I was talking to a guy in America earlier, and he said um, he's tr- trying to work out where I was in the country. And he said, uh, "He says, where where are you in relation to Manchester?" I said, "Well, we're probably equidistant from Manchester and London, really. We're roughly in the middle, kind of." Um, and he was like, "Okay," and he, he got he had the impression that the UK kind of stops at Manchester. <laughs> and I had to explain that no, you've then got the Lake District, and then you've got Scotland. <laughs> Goes a bit further than that. Oh, what's next? It's not more, more about me, is it? <laughs> We should talk about Louise. The Porsche video, yeah, that's on the list, isn't it? I'd, I hadn't forgotten about this, but um, <laughs> I've got. <laughs> I'm picking up a Porsche on Monday for two days. Was that Monday? Uh, yeah, Monday and Tuesday, basically. So I, I get it Monday morning, and then I have to give it back on Tuesday late afternoon, basically. I think about five o'clock. So I've got two days to do something with it. Um, and on the Tuesday, I've got a whole bunch of B-roll booked in with guys down in Southampton who are going to be filming me driving around and doing some cool stuff with drones and things um which is exciting but I've got before that I've got to actually drive it and review it in some or do something with it um so that it makes sense on the channel and again I've not really had a lot of time to think about it if I'm going to do that over the next next two or three days um I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be fascinating it's the first EV I've driven I've not I don't, have either of you driven a electric cars no well I don't well, like, not that I can't drive, but I don't, I don't have a license don't to drive. drive, so I had not driven an EV. <laughs> have you, Rob? I haven't driven an EV. No, there's the whole thing with engine braking, isn't there? Someone was telling me the other day that you you don't really use the brake pedal much. Yeah, all the regenerative regenerative brakes. So, how long have you got that for? Two days, basically. So Monday and Tuesday next week. That's not very long, is it? It's not long enough, really. But in fairness, it, they're taking a massive punt with this. You know, they're giving a, a Porsche, a, a seventy grand car, to a guy who reviews laptops. Um, it's a it's a big it's a big punt for them. So you're going to be I'm on the lookout for any stupid subscriptions. So I don't remember a while back there was that hoo ha about BMW trying to charge fifteen quid a month to activate the heated seats, and yeah. I I kind of get it. I suppose they're obviously rather than build 
a specific model, one that's got heated seats and one that hasn't. I guess they've looked at the costs and gone, well, look, we'll just have, we'll put heated seats in all of them. And then people who want that feature can pay for it separately. And, I, you know, that kind of makes sense. But uh, was it just in the last week or so, Mercedes want to charge $1,200 a year to unlock faster acceleration? Did you see that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because was it was it Jamie on the Discord said that they paid a one-off fee to unlock an acceleration boost on their car? Yeah. So, yeah, so we're kind of getting to, like, subscriptions in your car, which I don't like at all. Also, not for the things that stu- so, so ridiculous. But why, why would you... I mean, how much faster is it is it and how more importantly how slow is it accelerating before you spend twelve hundred dollars a year is it twelve hundred dollars a year or twelve hundred one off i don't know either either way twelve is is it is it worth tw- are you getting twelve hundred dollars worth of extra speed i i don't i'm not sure that you do do you? And, and then like when would you practically use that twelve hundred dollars of speed unless you went to like a racetrack or something and also, since the like the dawn of cars, you'd spend more and you'd get a faster car. Generally speaking, wouldn't you? There'd be something about the engine that is quicker. You know, it's yeah, it's it's nuts, isn't it? I mean, the the, um, the BMW heated seats thing was that fifteen quid a month hmm. for. Do you not? Can you not pay it during the summer if you're not going to use it? Is, is it well like that? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Crazy. But I'm looking forward to the whole tech part of this Porsche again because I've got no idea what it's like. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating in terms of. I mean, the, the charging thing as well. I was talking to someone last night about uh, who's got a Tesla, and he, he was saying Tesla's no problem at all. You know, generally you, you'll get you'll, there's enough chargers around; they're quick. Um, whereas other car, other uh, EVs, you, you know, you, you generally come across much slower chargers. There's not that many of them. If there is one, someone's generally using it. Um, they're not particularly reliable. A lot of them, are, a lot of them are broken. And they, don't, they don't get fixed for ages, apparently. So it's quite again. There's a lot of jeopardy involved in me getting this car because I've never had to. I, I just put petrol in my car. It's I've done that for thirty years of driving. With this thing, it's going to be a case of plugging it in, knowing where to go. I've got an app for it. Someone told me to get um, what was it called? Uh, Zap Map. That's that's apparently that gives you all the locations of the the chargers that you need and you can filter it out by the car that you've got basically so that's given me some hope but um again it could be great content you know getting lost in the middle of reading or something in rush hour can you imagine just don't drop it like your iphone iphone 13 mini well, the, the contract, I, did, I had to sign a contract for this, and the, the, the only thing that I read in it, it said, um, please don't do anything intentionally dangerous. <laughs> and that, I think that's, you can interpret that in a lot of, yeah. a lot of different ways. Because I was thinking, you know, if, 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 for instance, I decided, you know, I won't do this, obviously, but if I decided to do a Keith Moon into a swimming pool thing, but I did it in very controlled conditions, I wore, you know, um, goggles and stuff just so I didn't drown, that's fairly safe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Dangerous, is it? <laughs> Cars are right off, but they, they didn't say that. They didn't say you must not write the car off. I think they meant oh, don't take it dogging. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That's exactly what I was going to do. It's a perfect spot just around the studio. Yeah, we, d- we definitely need to tag that bit, like NSFW. 
That's yeah. not happening. We're always getting dangerously close to revealing my um, studio uh, neighbours, who only Rob knows who they are. I might, I might uh, <laughs> uh, once we finish recording, I might reveal it to everyone else who's, li- who's listening. But, um, oh, yes, I heard, I heard you talking about this before, this object of much fascination. Yeah, yeah I'm going to keep it like that. It's going to be a little bit like the whole Gavin and Stacey thing, you know, what happened on the camping trip. Partly because if I reveal it, people know where the studio is. <laughs> so I can't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's that Porsche. What else have we got? Um, Hisense TV. I'm just going through your list. I'm not just reading off stuff that's about me. It's, I'm not that yeah, that much of a YouTuber. Rob has put this together. So, um, yeah, the Hisense TV review. That was my first TV review. That was, that was all right. Was think. interesting. It was okay. Was it all right? I mean, you... you I mean, you're both much smarter than me, and Louise, Louise as, you, as you've demonstrated on this podcast, you're way smarter than me. <laughs> Was it in terms of a TV review? Bearing in mind that most TV, TV reviews go into real technical yeah. depth, and I would like compare it. Every, every was it all right? Yeah, I mean, maybe you can say it like, rubbish. a bit more detail into like smart home, like not not the smart home. I've been doing way too much talking about smart home recently, like the smart operating system, like how it is to navigate. Because you mostly talked about like yep. Apple TV. Obviously, you have an Apple TV in the picture. But I really liked it. It gave a lot of practical tips. I like how you talked about how you installed it and the cables and all that type of thing. Your Xbox gameplay was hilarious, by the way. And, um, yeah, no, I liked how you, you talked more about practical rather than going into you know, all the nitty-gritty. Because, like, I mean, I when I was looking at, like, a TV and they said, that, oh, you've got to spend X amount of money, otherwise you might as well just save and not until you spend you have like 800 pounds or a grand or something to buy a tv that's good that's good enough to to actually buy Mm. and it was like well i have an entry level lg tv you know the budget 4k range so it's not you know it's not bells and whistles but i think the picture quality is way better than my very old technica tv you know like old old non-existent tv and the picture yeah. quality beats it for miles i have it does 4k hdr it's only got 1.4 hdmi but i'm not gaming in 4k i mean i game but i don't do no. 4k so 4k 30 fps more than fine for me and yeah the picture quality is great i know some people say that oh it's not good enough to do hdr because it doesn't have this and that and the rest of it but i play 4k hdr and it looks good to me as yeah. a sort of, I'm not think, like a, a film buff, but it looks good. I like it. Yeah. And it's simple. I think to what use. amazed me the most, yeah, that's what matters. I mean, I think what amazed me the most with this TV, as I made it like abundantly clear in the review, was that I, I was upgrading from a five, probably six year old TV. Yeah. Uh, might even be older than that, actually. You know, four, one of the very first kind of 4K um, HDR TVs curved which kind of you know those those were around for a couple of years weren't they and disappeared um so it was a very old tv it was replacing i couldn't get over how much better it was and the key thing really was dolby vision as soon as you got dolby vision content you don't have to change any settings at all yeah mine's not not as fancy as that i only get bog standard (laughs) hdr 10 but but it makes a huge difference i don't know about you guys but whenever whenever i've bought a tv in the past the first thing i do is go on the internet and type in you know the the model number best settings and then you find a thread somewhere on reddit where someone's got all the best you know rgb settings and and gamma settings and stuff and then did that well i did that for the yeah i did that for this one and then quickly realized that if as long as you've got dolby vision content a feed from something like the apple tv you can't change any of those settings because dolby vision is the standard for it 
But it's a great TV. It's, it's 550 quid. I, I was astounded at how, how good it was yeah. and what features it had. You know, it had your HDMI 2 point something, which is like bang up to yep. date. Uh, for that 120 price, hertz, yeah. 120 hertz. I mean, that's yeah. astounding for a... Yeah, and, brilliant. Um, I've been really impressed. Yeah, I mean, I like that really, no matter what TV you get, you're going to have all the on-demand apps, at least the UK apps and, and that type of thing. And I know you have <laughs> yeah. your, your Apple t- Apple TV and you do it all through that. And we had iPlayer. So I don't watch too much 4K content, usually just the BBC iPlayer stuff. Yeah, BBC iPlayer does do 4K content. You. Yeah, you pointed yeah. that out because I did say, I think I said in the video, didn't yeah, I, you that you don't get it. And you're does. right, because a, a lot of the football's been in 4K on, on BBC. I think ITV as well. That reminds me, you know what I heard yet last night? So last night I met um, Pete Matheson. I don't know if you guys are aware of him, but another tech YouTuber, another UK tech YouTuber. And But basically he, he told me something, which is to this second now has blown my mind. So you know on, um, on, on the football um, pitch, they have the advertising hoardings going around the boards rather going around um apparently it's different it depending on where you're watching what what region you're watching in those advertising boards are different really? what they're displaying it, it, rob you're nodding were you aware of this hmm. yeah so I, I don't know how i know i just saw a tiktok on it or something so what so what we see in the uk on those boards if you're watching it in i don't know china or america or whatever it's different yet it, they just look like they are standard boards behind players, you know, people running past oh, them. Oh, yeah. And... Well, now you mention it, yeah, I do think I have seen different, you know, when you watch, like if you're in a different country and then you watch the football, it is... But how do they do it technically? I, I can't work out how they do it. Because it, look, it doesn't, yeah. there's no glitches. You can't see, you know, occasionally with that sort of stuff, it's obvious that there's something going on, but I don't know. That blew my mind last <laughs> night. So uh, thanks, Pete, for... Really confusing about that. But, um, uh, well, next on the list, we've got the Apple again going all over the place with with eight or sixteen, which I, I love. Uh, Apple Watch Ultra. Um, what's, what's this? What's this, Rob? About the the action button? Um, I'm just wondering if you found a use for it, if it is, or if it's just annoying and gets in the way when you're trying to press the normal button. I've set it up for starting a, an act. Well, not starting activity. Activity taking it into the activity list, which is a bit pointless, really. Okay, cool. That's that's it. Right. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's not very configurable. It, it should be more configurable, basically. It is annoying. But it's um, in international orange, so who cares? <laughs> Black Friday. Right, this is something, something that's not, not about me. Uh, Rob, your, your, Rob, your new toy. So we, we spoke about the Mode 80. Um, what else have you got? Um, well, I don't know if you noticed the difference this week in my video here. Not through Riverside, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, because the quality is a bit... Well, you can see my face. Normally it's Could obscured before, by then? a microphone, isn't it? Oh. Ooh. So it is. That's throw me. That's throw me as much as those advertising boards. <laughs> so, Where's your mic? It, it's, it's here. But it's, right. now on, um, it's now on a low-profile arm. So rather than the PSA1. So traditionally I've used a Rode... PSA one, just your standard issue, industry standard mic arm. But the problem, so I mean, that's still here. I don't know if I can bring it into frame. But as you can see, there's no there's no mic attached to it because oh. yeah, because it's now on this. Oh, I, I, I 
it's low profile, so I don't think I can raise it high enough. But so this is this is an Elgato MyCalm. Um and rather than being a springy up and downy, it's like a left and right kind of movement on it. Nice. Um, but it's really nice. It's really nice. So it's got it's got um a ca- cable channel built in. And oh, it's nice. the the the, the, the lids for the cable channels are magnetic. Fancy. Brilliant. So it just means that when I'm done, I can just wheel it out of the way and it's it, it just doesn't interfere with so the, the other benefit of this is obviously you can see my face, but also I can see you because normally there's a <laughs> there's a mic arm in the way. The only problem with that is that you don't you're not showing off the fact that you've got an SM seven V seven B rather. Yeah, that is a big um, downside, isn't it? Because <laughs> they're always visible. Whenever if if someone's got this mic, it's there. Like they put it there, don't they? So you, they, you can tell everyone that you've got an SM7B. Um, but no, I hadn't noticed that until you mentioned it, actually, Rob. I hadn't noticed that there was no mic. No, yeah. I didn't. And I religiously watched the live versions. <laughs> well, except for one when I was ill. But apart from that, I've watched all the live podcasts. We'll let you off that one. That's fair <laughs> yeah. enough. So, yeah. yeah, so anyway, so I, I'm genuinely impressed with this Elgato mic arm. Um, it just... It fits my setup better because I've got the ultra-wide monitor. Where this is low profile, the arm goes, it sort of swings underneath the monitor. Whereas at the moment, I've got to put the, well, previously I had to have the PSA1 to one side and have it kind of obscuring half the display. So, yeah, so if you're, go and check them out, you know, if you're in the market for a, for a mic arm. Yeah. Cool. There's nothing wrong with the PSA1 at all. It's, you know, it's tried and tested. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything bad about it. But um, just for my particular desk setup, the way that it, it goes underneath the display and it, it's all on one level, I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and the, the magnetic cable management is very cool. So, yes, yeah, so I got that on Friday, the Black Fridays. Rob? How much was it? Uh, it was about 60 quid, I think, mm-hmm. which is very reasonable. Oh, right, it? It's all metal. It's all, it's a, it's a quality bit of kit. Nice. Very nice. When does your Mac plug? Is that that's still in Kickstarter phase? Oh, so yeah, so you know, you know, you know, ages ago I got a Mac shaped, a little mini Mac shaped <laughs> charger, thirty five watt USB charger. They brought out an updated version, and I so conned them into is, buying it. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, so it's now sixty five watt, and it's got three USB ports on it. So you can either have one charging at 65 watts or you can have three charging at 20. But it's also got like a, a display on the front that tells you the rate at which it is delivering power. So, you know, if your device nice. only accepts 27 watts or whatever, then it'll, it'll tell you it'll tell you what, what, what the output is based on, on what you've got plugged in. Um, so, yeah, so that's... It's an Indiegogo. I don't know when it will arrive. The last one I bought as an Indiegogo, and it turned up. Well, it turned up before my play date, which still hasn't arrived. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I believe them. I believe. I think it's Shar Geek, who you've had some dealings with, haven't you? Then they send you some some stuff at some point. They sent me something. Yeah, I can't remember remember what it was. I don't think I've ever featured it <laughs> here somewhere. But, but um, yeah, so that the. the the old Mac-shaped charger I've used for ages, and it's lovely. It works. does what it says on the tin. So, yeah, this revised version that's got sort of 65 watts and three triple 
the ports. I'm I'm quite pleased about. So that that should be arriving March next year or something. I think. Nice. But in, in the meantime, I saw a ridiculous deal on the Nano. You know the Anchor Nano Two. The, the, the little anchor. Oh, nice. So this is a 65 yeah. watt GAN charger. Nice. Um, but it's only got one. It's port. very nice. It's only got one port, but it was it was uh, on the Black Fridays. It was Sweet. 25 quid. I also got a GAN charger Would on you? Black Friday. Well, the one I see the one Mark plugged. It's a sort of little brother of the one Mark plugged because Mark plugged the 140 watt U Green Nexoed. Oh, U Green. Yeah. So I got the 100 That's watt really good, yeah. for my big Black Friday splurge of the Windows Mini PC that I posted way too much on the Discord about. I didn't buy anything on on Black Friday. Did you not? Know? Well, you've been too thing. busy, though, haven't you? You've been all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, you've been... Well, you... um, what's that, Rob? So well, this, yeah. so, that, so uh, to go with the the 65 watt charger, I've got a, a, USB, a, a retractable USB cable that, it's can cool. sustain up to a hundred watts, so I mean it's it's a really I mean it's it's pretty sizable, but it's oh, it's got that. a really really nice movement, but it's also got three ends, so you've oh, got yeah. um you've got USB C Lightning and uh, micro USB, so yeah, so now I can pretty much charge anything that's you know whatever the maximum power it can accept, and then when I'm done, the the cabling all goes away because you know I'm fussy about things like that. I can't remember the make. Does it say on it? I don't know. I got it. Oh, Kafili. Oh, can we have can we have the link for that, please, Rob? That's a I will whack the link in it. Um, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, no, gen- genuinely pleased with that. Um, nice. I think that's it. I think the most exciting thing is the mode eight. Oh no, no, there's this. My my beloved PT eighty died. Are you familiar with the PT eighty? No, it is. It's the Should label printer oh, yeah. of uh, for for anyone that's read getting things done. Um, but it died recently. I've had that for a good ten years. Um, so I got another one. So there it is, because I label everything, as you can imagine, all the plugs, <laughs> each end of cables, just all of that stuff. I'm all about labeling things. Have you labelled your kids yet? <laughs> I, I haven't, no. But I mean, they don't do the PT-80 anymore. Uh, it's been replaced by this one, which is an M95. But I mean, it looks exactly the same, to be honest. Have you labelled your label machine yet? I haven't. No, Andy made that joke Yes, as well. Andy made that joke exactly, <laughs> and it was so funny. <laughs> I know, I, 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 wow. Just, you're not, in, not into, well, no, I know you're not into labelling things, Mark, because we've obviously seen all your B-roll. But is, is, it, is it just me? Anyone else like labelling things? That's a bit... That's a big assumption. I, I've labelled my SSDs, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, I label my digital files liberally, but not physical things. I mean, my QL management is a mess. I wish I could... Like, I buy things that I think will sort it, and it turns out they don't really sort it. But then I figure, if I cable manage and cable tie and all that, then I'll just end up changing my setup and have to undo and redo it all, because I buy new stuff. But my biggest... Pet peeve. Well, not pet peeve, but I want Belkin to release the desktop version of their super cool MagSafe mount thing for, well, they do it for a continuity camera, but I just use camera because I'm on Windows. I I have Apple everything. So I have like my iPhone, my tab, iPad, my Apple Watch, but I still have my Windows holdout 
I mean, I was going to get a Mac Mini, but then I've gone into this Windows Mini PC idea. So I, I'm still, I'm still in Windows land, despite being on all the Discord server <laughs> and being in Apple chat and everything, and everyone saying about how Mac OS and I need to, need to try it. And I was fully prepared to buy an M2 Mac Mini, and then Apple. Well, they never released one yeah, in, in time for Christmas. And that was like, that was well, that... the plan. I was going to save. I was going to be good and not buy anything at least ridiculously expensive. And then I was going to use that spending goodwill to procure an M2 Mac Mini, which would ideally be some sort of nice small, smaller Mac Mini and come in super cool iMac colours and I could get an orange one. But that didn't happen. But that might not be a bad thing based on my experience of the last couple of weeks with my M2 MacBook Air, which I think this, this was on the list, wasn't it? And I, I It was on the list. It, but, um, yeah. 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 What, what happened there? What happened? Exactly. I don't know. So I, I thought, was it last week? I think I thought I'd just take, because being fed up with taking the 16-inch MacBook Pro everywhere and you know, knackering my back with it, I thought, let's just give the M2 MacBook Air a chance. Let, let's just take that on the road with me, knowing full well that I'd have to do a bit of video editing on the road. Um, and bearing in mind, 12 months ago, I did that in Montreal with the M1 MacBook Air, and it smashed the job. No no trouble whatsoever. Uh, like, surprisingly ca- capable. Um, so, yeah, I took the M2 MacBook Air to, to London, um, and it failed miserably, basically, to the point where I immediately had to give up. So, to, to, to paint a very quick picture, it was a Final Cut Pro uh, project um, with the A-roll edit finished, and all I needed to do was go in and add some B-roll on top and some other bits and pieces pretty simple stuff um 4k footage 10-bit color so quite again quite um heavy stuff but uh, again the m1 macbook air dealt with it fine it's the exact same camera um but the m2 macbook air immediately just crawled to a halt and started giving me um dropped frame messages and um very unresponsive you know hit the space bar to play and you'd have to wait five seconds for it to do anything um Impossible to do. And bear in mind, this was a. I needed this in a pinch. I was. I was kind of in between, checking out the hotel. I was in a coffee shop somewhere, waiting for a train. I had to get this thing done for a sponsor. Couldn't do it. I, and I literally had to give up the job and do something different. Um, re- a real pain in the backside for for that sort of that sort of work. Um, wrote about it, obviously, and uh, immediately everyone, particularly on Medium, commented and said, "What's going on? This this can't be right." And what's really interesting about this, when you think, if you rewind, however many. When were these released? Was it six months ago, maybe less? We had Max Tech on. You know, Rob and I in, uh, spoke to um, Vadim. There's all that stuff around the NAND chips and all that stuff. What was interesting is because I, I, I kind of caveated all this and said, look, I, I'm aware that I stood up for the M2 MacBook Air, the base model. That's the other thing with this. This is the base model version. Um, you know, I, I stood up for that computer back then. Um, and I'm now saying it seems to be a bit rubbish when you start putting it to test. Um, but no one really picked up on that. And it's as though that all that stuff hadn't happened. And people are now, kind of came into the Medium comments thread. Because I was fully expecting to be absolutely hammered in that comments thread by people saying, hang on a minute, you told us six months ago that it was fine. No one did, actually. And people were saying, well, I wonder if it's to do with the, um, the memory configure. As, as though all that stuff, like I said, never happened <laughs> back then. I just found that, found that interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... I, I did another test yesterday, took the M1 MacBook Air with me. Um, sorry, no, before I went away, I, took, I, I, I put the, the M1 and the M2 side by side and just did the exact same thing, the same project. And in fairness, the M2 version was a bit better. It wasn't quite as horrible as it was a week, a week previous, but it was still a bit sluggish here and there. The M1 version, the M1 MacBook Air, 
no problem at all. Just breeze through it, absolutely breeze through it. I took it away with me over the last two days to uh, to London. Um, completed a full A roll edit on it this morning. Again, flew through it. Not much different to this three and a half grand, sixteen inch MacBook Pro in front of me, um, which is like three times the price. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the only difference, and it's quite a big difference, I fully admit, is the, is the is Mac OS. So I've got Mac OS Ventura on the M2 and um, Monterey on the the M1. But I don't think that's what's causing it. I'd be amazed if that's what it is. Um, if I get time, I'll do the test with the same OS. But nice. I don't know. It's um, there's something wrong with that M2. Well, the, just the base, the base model. The base model. Well, yeah, you, yeah, and you know what it is. Yeah. So I do. We still yeah. need to get Vadim yeah. back on and apologise to him. <laughs> I'm going to have to, aren't I? I'm going to have to tail between my legs and say sorry. Because yeah. it's probably, because if you've just got um, like 8 gig of RAM, it will just keep puging to the SSD. So Yeah, but what's weird, I mean, I, I know I don't do very in-depth sort of benchmarks and things, but when I first got that laptop, I did do a bit of a benchmark. I did the exports and things. Um, what I didn't do, looking back, was a real-world test of me sitting there and editing something. So the, the difference now is that I was actually out there on the road doing work, and that's where it totally failed, which, again, reveals why these benchmarks aren't particularly useful because it's, it's not a real-world e- example. And the fact that the experience I had two weeks ago versus a couple of days ago on the same machine with the same project, and it was different, even though all the all the conditions were the same, there was no difference whatsoever. There hadn't been a, a Mac OS update or a Final Cut Pro update in between, nothing at all, and it was a bit better. It was a bit more workable. I don't know. I don't know where you go with that, really. <laughs> but again, it proves that you can't rely on benchmarks with this because there's, there's just no way of testing these machines reliably, I don't think. But what you can rely on is a base spec M1 MacBook Air. This is still the best, the best 100%. Mac laptop or the best value Mac laptop you can buy. Yeah. That might lure me away from my when my XPS gives up to go. My XPS is still going strong, but I am thinking of maybe not a desktop, but Mac, a laptop because MacBooks. I feel I feel the Macs in the laptop area offer better value, or certainly give Windows a lot competition. Whereas in the desktop, something well, there's lots of different. There's more upgradeability on the Windows, and you can it's sort of cheaper to sort of spec up. I think that's kind of what put me off the Mac Mini. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's a fair point, really. But those M1 chips are brilliant. They're just they're one of the best things Apple's ever done. I think they've, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what the MacBook Pros, the new ones are like next year, the new the new M2 Pros and M2 Mac, whatever they, whatever they call them. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do oh, with those and the new Mac Mini. benchmarks Mini today. You've seen the leaked benchmarks of the M2 Macs? No. I know. They're- they're yeah. a bit faster than the M1 Max. <laughs> yeah, I know. There was like a, was it, someone posted in the Discord about it because they'd wrote an article. Did they? Yeah. That would be, that'd be Doc. It's always Doc. <laughs> it's always Doc. <laughs> right, guys, we are running out of time. Um, there's two things we haven't covered. One of them is the new Apple Annual Podcast Award, which, um, providing they don't look at what goes on behind the scenes, maybe we've got a chance. <laughs> Who knows? If they see the technical uh, aspect of this, no chance whatsoever. Um, and the other thing we did discuss is the fact that I got my big knob out on the uh, newsletter. You did, didn't you? I've not I seen did, it yeah. yet. <laughs> You're, it's big. Yeah, it's, I got the email. I didn't get it. I, but I've not. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it fully out. I only got it out, out, but um, <laughs> enough for you to see it. That's the main thing. And uh, I explained a bit, talked a bit about it, and. 
uh, waved it in front of the camera and um yeah <laughs> yeah it took jen by surprise when it arrived in a box and uh it was on my big knob was on a delivery note <laughs> I had a text about that. very very confused uh, <laughs> girlfriend oh. um but hopefully i can talk a bit more about it next next uh, in two weeks time Awesome. Or if people subscribe to the newsletter, they'll find out about that. Yeah. I need to get a plug in before this finishes. Definitely. Would be would be the podcast, would it, if I didn't do that? Yeah. Um, Louise, thank you very much for coming on. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. You've just proved that you're smarter than me, and you're you're busier than me. <laughs> you're doing far more impressive things than me. But um, and you use a Windows P- uh, PC, which technically you shouldn't really be allowed on. But it's, <laughs> we'll let you off. <laughs> And cheers, Rob. Thank you very much. See ya. And Rob, I should say, actually, so you don't tell me off again in two weeks' time, I genuinely won't have time to nip in and give you a cuddle next week. All right. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> next time, though, I promise, if, if I wasn't in that port, I mean, I suppose if I'm in a Porsche, it'd be nice to drop around, wouldn't it, and take you out for a spin. But <laughs> I'm, I'm working against the clock. <laughs> cheers, guys. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs>